Bigger than cakes. Give me some outside. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to it, and then I watched it. Hello, welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach, and this week I'm joined by Angela. How are you doing, Angela? I'm doing all right. Yeah, yeah. And you? Yeah, 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 I'm pretty good. Um, Not much is happening, I think, is probably the... Well, I mean, we're coming at you from the past now, because when this actually goes out, I will be, you know, away on holiday. So... Things, will things, be are prob- things are probably really good and I'm probably really busy, but right now, prior to that... This is the calm before the storm. Surprisingly calm, yeah, free. Yeah. Um, but that does tie into what we're talking about today. So today we're getting into holiday comic recommendations. So comics to read on holiday, or graphic novels more yes. fittingly. Things. Um, yeah. It's going to be an interesting one because I think it is quite subjective, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see yeah. how we do. Um, did you want to do like a, you know, what have you been doing kind of thing? Or what have we, I been we just... doing? <laughs> I mean, I've not been doing a lot, which is yeah, always the then, case. I'm always yeah. showing up. When we do these, when there's four of us and, you know, Matt and Will have been doing many things and I'm like, I went outside that one time. Yeah, I feel like I've done little recently um been outside a couple of times uh yeah. ate some food came back again um i've read some books i guess watched some things yeah. um i wonder yeah. what what have i watched <laughs> i know i've i've started a rewatch of um the clone wars because I oh, always okay. do, I do everything backwards with Star Wars. So I had rewatched Star Wars Rebels, and then I thought I'll go back and watch the Clone Wars because that makes. I sense. when I first got Disney Plus, I attempted to do a Clone Wars rewatch, and this is going to sound bad because I I know it's really good, but got about three episodes in and just realised I didn't care like at all <laughs> just, it was just this dawning realization where it's like i know this is really good i know this is the opportunity yeah. to actually finally talk to people about it but looking at the being like what seven seasons yeah seven seasons and a movie because the movie came first yes um i think it just hit me all at once like i don't care enough to commit to this right now it's just too much um that kind of got permanently put on hold and now it's like what a year later i guess yeah um it is really good stuff though i think i might like rebels more i vastly preferred rebels because it's a smaller cast it's character you know i mean clone wars goes absolutely all over the place like yeah. there's not, I mean, which you get because it's a vast galactic war. It probably was. Yeah, of course. But I do prefer the much smaller scale of Rebels where you've only got six main characters and you've got recurring characters and it just feels a bit more contained. 
the first half of the first season is rough with rebels. It I enjoy it, but it is a bit more kiddified. Um, yeah. But by true. the end of sort of season one, I I fell in love with it and I was very into it. Um, yeah, and then I went back and watched Clone Wars. And I was like, man, these characters, I know how it ends up. So it does take some of the tension out. <laughs> I yeah, and th- there's definitely that as well. I think the fact that basically everyone in Rebels is kind of a new character for Rebels. Yeah. Or the vast majority, at least. Yeah, they um, are. There's a lot more freedom, whereas with Clone Wars, you, you kind of know what's going to happen to Anakin. Yeah. At least most of the time. He's going to murder children. You know that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not not a real uh, highlight of the whole Anakin Skywalker story, I guess. Um, hmm. Well, this has been a fun little chat. I'll uh, see you next time. (laughs) Um, I can't think what I've been watching. Oh, I I don't know if I said it on last week's podcast or a previous podcast. I am like... A couple of seasons into watching all of Orphan Black, which I started in about yes. 2013 and yeah. then didn't go back to until this year. It's really good. I, 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 I should have given it more time in 2013. I feel like I need to go back and give it a second look because I was like you, like it came out in 2013. I watched some. I thought, yeah, that's fine. It's a good show. And then I just didn't watch anymore. I don't know why I drifted away from it so easily. Everyone I know seems to have like watched an episode in 2013 and then bailed. We, yeah, we um, all did. It was a thing we did. That was children. That's what we did in 2013. Is it because it was BBC? Is it just that's that's what happens? You you watch an episode and you go, "This is fine." Bye. Yeah. I, <laughs> was it on BBC Three over here? I don't know. It's BBC America, isn't it? That yeah. made it. So. I feel I like it can't did. remember how that was distributed in the UK. It was probably on the youth channel, which was BBC three, which still exists, <laughs> but only online via iPlayer, which I don't, yes. I don't understand how that. No, happens. don't know what that's about. But no. Um, all I remember, all I ever think about is the fact that for some reason, if it's made by BBC America, it's probably got a much higher budget than if it was made by the BBC. Yet, yeah. If you're in England, people will look down on it. Yeah, it's like it's like when they did the TV movie of um, Doctor Who with Paul McGann's Doctor, yeah, and that was like big budget American, and everybody hated it apart from me. (laughs) At the time, I I I enjoyed it, but I was only fourteen, so (laughs) I I haven't seen it since. Yeah, I haven't seen it since probably the 90s but as a kid i liked it yeah i liked yeah you know, <laughs> like it, so, it's fine but yeah everyone's like this is far too american and to be fair there was a lot of it's far too american but probably, i'm like but yeah. look at the but look at the budget look at the budget people never is it never is doctor who looked like it had money and then that is yeah that's fair it doesn't now, but it seems to have a budget now. But I, yeah, even but that, is it that because it gets shown on BBC America in the states? Possibly. So it has and to show it has a budget. There was a season of Torchwood, I think, that was um, made with BBC America, and it was suddenly like based in America, and it was more over the top. Yeah. If memory serves. Yeah. Um. So maybe, maybe. 
Um, but yeah, Orphan Black is is worth the, the time. It's just a shame it's taken me like eight years yeah. to go back to it. Um, but it's good stuff. Good, good stuff. And I've been um, doing other things, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, I've got too much time now that I've finished the great Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles project. Yeah. And I just... You need another another project <laughs> to suck your life away. I need another, like, five-month project that is against the clock. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that would be, but I... Yeah, I feel like I've got a lot more free time to read things, which ultimately I'm spending questioning what I should read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> know that feeling. So, should we dive into these holiday sure. comic yes. things? Yes. Do you want to kick off with the honourable mentions, or do you want to throw those in throughout, or how do you want to do this? I'll, I'll probably, well, I can certainly kick off with one, because we've just discussed Star Wars, so it seems appropriate. Good shout, yeah. That I mention one of our honourable mentions, which is Star Wars Adventures, which is IDW, so it's still within our indie purview. <laughs> Um, and it's a, yeah, it's a licensed comic. If you would like to know more about licensed comics, <laughs> Zach and Will did a podcast on it, so go and check that out. Um, but no, the reason it's an honourable mention is it's yes, it's aimed at children, but a lot of us get stuff out of it. I enjoy it because it's Definitely. standalone. It's standalone little stories. And it doesn't require a huge amount of investment and it's with characters you know and hopefully like and you can just read it. I have the omnibus and it's just nice to, all right, I'll just read read a Star Wars adventure comic and I can just read one of those stories, put it down and then come back to it later and it doesn't require too much thought um, and investment and it's just, it's nice. It's just nice. <laughs> It's just I, I completely agree. Um, I don't know that something about it. it's nice. It's just nice. That's nice. It's just ridiculous, it. but yeah. Um, but yeah, Star, Star Wars is Star Wars Adventures is is a good read, and it is nice and light as well. I think it's a, yeah. And also, as someone who because Rebels only got four seasons, unlike Clone Wars, and they have done. Um, a couple of issues with sort of the Rebels characters in and it's just mm. nice because it's like more canon content for me I'll take it, thank you That's fair, yeah Did they did Disney do any comics with the Rebels guys? They did um, they did a magazine uh, oh. they did a uh, magazine yeah. which was published by Titan of which I only have one issue because getting hold of back issues, they cost literally hundreds of pounds. Yeah. Um, so, and they had little comics in them. Did we get a, did we get a Kanan? Is he Kanan? Kanan had, yeah, Marvel did a Kanan comic, Kanan the Last Padawan. Um, which yes. Um, they've also done, which is quite nice, there's a manga uh, adaptation. Um, there's only one volume of that that's been out so far, but that was really good. That's nice and light, and it actually expands on a few. It's not a di- It's not a literal word for word adaptation, which is nice. 
It's very manga, uh, but I like it. Um, and Hera has appeared in a few different books. Um, Alphabet Squadron, mm. I think she was in. And she and Kanan were in a book as well together, telling their early years. But bizarrely, that's quite a mature book, and it's not aimed at the children. So, huh. all right, that's an yeah. interesting twist. I basically spent a long time tracking down any sort of content. I, I can see that. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting like a full rundown of the Rebels oh, bibliography, but I should, I should have probably known it was coming. Yeah. Um, uh, I will throw in one of my. Uh, honourable mentions before we get to our recommendations proper, um, which is, again, something that we've covered this year on the podcast, which was No One Left to Fight. Oh, yes! It's um, essentially like a homage to Dragon Ball Z. It's really... It's a pretty light read and really easy to just slam through. Um, But, yeah, because we did quite a deep dive episode on it, with me and Matt back in February, it, March? It was either February or March. It was earlier this year, yeah. It doesn't really matter now that it's uh, past that point and podcasts are available whenever you want them. But yeah, check them out, <laughs> if guys. You, if, if you were eager to know the month, we don't know it either. No. Um, but yeah, No One Left to Fight is... It's a good, good read. It is good. It is, like you said, it, it's just fun as well. It's just got an element of fun to it. Yes, very much so. So, yes, it also might be my punchiest of <laughs> books compared to everything else I've got on this list. There's a lot of Phallus fight scenes. In, okay, no. All right. So... Less fight scenes sometimes in the rest of the stuff I've got. <laughs> I, um, yeah. So, would you would you like to kick us off with your first holiday so, read recommendation? The, the first one. So, generally, these will be lighter. There is one on here that isn't terribly light, but we'll get to that. But the first one's fairly light, and to the surprise of nobody, um, it's a Valiant book. <laughs> and no, it's, really? Yeah, it is. And it's The Delinquents. Okay. Which, yeah. Which is the crossover, the infamous crossover between Archer and Armstrong and Quantum and Woody, and yeah. the Goat, uh, and it's just a short four-issue kind of a story where they meet up and shenanigans happen. That's that's all the plot you need with these four. Um. And it's just nice because I love both Archer and Armstrong, Quantum and Woody, and they're quite light. But there's also quite a lot of content, particularly Archer and Armstrong. Mm. There's a lot. And while I would like to reread all of it, if I'm going away, I don't want to have to read 25 volumes of Archer and Armstrong. And, you know, it's a bit much. But I still like a little bit of a, you know, a comedy valiant hit and the delinquents is a comedy valiant hit and it's just great they've never interacted since which is an absolute travesty it really is it's um this was going to be one of my picks um as was both arch and armstrong and quantum and woody until i thought about the fact that it's like what 10 volumes and then like six volumes it's, it's a lot to take yeah. uh digitally by all means do it but yeah. you've got it on your ipad Go for it. Yeah, run with it. Um, that's we should have probably said we should have laid out the rules that we were we trying to follow. There are we, some. We, 
we were trying to follow things that are quite short runs or single volumes and things that uh, yeah, are just just lighter to read than I don't yeah. know, Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> that's the benchmark, lighter than Watchmen. Yeah, I, I feel like that's not a very <laughs> but, I, yeah incredibly low benchmark, like lighter than Watchmen. It's like, oh right, comics then. In, comics, in yeah. Nothing that's got too much death and gore and nothing that's going to tax your brain cells too much. And then that includes back matter that's from a character's autobiography. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let Watchmen go now. For... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I know it's, it's very good world building, but the extracts yeah. from the original Night Owls biography and the press releases from... Adrian's company are just mm. things that are in Watchmen that annoyed me when I was reading them when I was yeah. a teenager. <laughs> and I can't let that go. I no. just can't no. can't separate it. Delinquence is very good. It's it might be a pretty decent jumping on point for both sets of it characters. Is. Yeah. I think. And am I right in thinking that they're trying to find Rock Candy Mountain? Yeah. Is that the yeah. What? So it's 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 pretty wild. It's, it's crazy <laughs> ridiculous. Um but no, it's it's a fun instalment. It's James Asmus, I'm right. I will and double check the creative As- team. James Asmus and Fred Van Lancy, so the guys yeah. who were writing both Arch and Armstrong and Strong. Quantum Audio at the time, yeah. I think. But it works really well. Their 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 styles work very well together i find yeah it's it does i have to find it now except i can't spell delinquents which is where my problem lies oh there it is the delinquents from 2014 it was yes it was james asmus and fred lonlente and cano did the art oh yeah Um, which I had forgotten about. It's pretty about. good art, from what I recall, yeah. Yeah. Um, but definitely a good choice. I think it's nice, light, valiant. Um, it might be the... It's the two funniest valiant series in the same it place. Is. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, that's, the, that's a great strength. Yeah, just just the way that they they interact together, it just it just works. And there's some absolutely crazy stuff that goes on, and you couldn't get away with it in say Ninjak, um, but you, you completely get away with it with these these four. And no also the the goat appears and does you know goat the, things, goat things, which is always a bonus. I feel like it's a shame that we didn't get like Delinquents Two when um, Dan Kibble Smith and Elliot Rahal were working yeah. on Quantum and Woody, or I don't know anything since. I think it, it it would be good to get. Yeah, I think it'd be nice. I mean, you know, they get I'd forgotten they get Archer drunk on absinthe at one point, which is just <laughs> just good stuff. It's in all a way. good stuff. <laughs> So, yeah, but if you're unfamiliar with the comedy side of Valiant, which sadly a lot of people are, the mm. delinquents, and I don't think you need too much prior... If you have prior knowledge, you will get a lot out of it. 
But if you don't have prior knowledge, I don't think it matters. I, I think that's fair. I think you can jump in at the delinquents. I think you can pretty much jump in wherever you want with Valiant. Um, yeah. Within reason. But, yeah, I, I think you could start with delinquents. Yeah. I had I had just forgotten, just flicking through, I had forgotten how clever the panelling is as well. There's some really yes. nice panel work yeah, yeah. with that. It's it's not the usual very basic Valiant, to be fair, they have a certain house style with a lot of their books. Um mm. but this is just all over the place and I love it for that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty out there. And from from what I remember, Kano's artwork does tend to get quite weird at times with the panelling and the structures. Yeah, there's like little panels of little faces next to huge panels of faces and stuff that actually is the same picture but it's across several panels and it's yeah. Yeah. I right in thinking he also did the art for the Quantum and Woody 2017. I believe he was involved. He did some of it. Yeah, I think there was more than one on that but he he was the one. But yes, no, I recommend that because it's, like I said, it's an absolute crying shame that, to be fair, both Quantum and Woody and Archie and Alstrog have seemingly been abandoned by Valiant. Bring them back, give them a crossover. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. Um, so, from one ridiculous comedy to another. Yeah, go on. My first recommendation is... Uh, Pantheon by Hamish Steele. Oh, yes. Which is uh, it's published by Nobrow, which are based in London, I think. So, R- real English like. Um, and it's kind of a pretty accurate retelling of some Egyptian mythology. It is. But it, it, embracing the ridiculousness of said mythology uh, yeah. focuses in mostly on Set's Horus. Isis and Osiris? Yes, that, yeah. Because that's yes. the whole, he ends up with the getting killed and the whole... Let, let, Reanimation. Let's just, yeah, yeah, and that's, missing certain body parts, yeah. That's you do. Um, it's, I don't want to give too much away because I think it's so good and yeah, so so funny and so ridiculous. Um. It's pretty cartoony and adorable in art, and I think Hamish Steele's style really does suit it. Um, if you're into Egyptian mythology, I think you'll have a good time. If you're not, yeah. I think you'll have a good time. <laughs> um, I mean, I had some vague understanding of who these gods were, but I really enjoyed, I felt like I learned things, but also had a good time doing it. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think it's it's the kind of learning that makes you question how much of this can really be, like, the actual myths, and then a quick Google search reveals, yeah, actually, pretty much, exactly. Yeah, yeah the ancient Egyptians had some wild, wild ideas about their gods and what went on. And I'm all for it. It's, it's a really good read, and I think it, it is, is entirely light-hearted and fun enough to, yeah... Read on holiday without having a terrible time. And yeah. There, there are one, points one of, you wouldn't have to read. You wouldn't want to read some of it out in public where people could see. That That's fair. There, there are some... I don't <laughs> know. Really. More explicit moments. Hmm. Um, 
but it's it's a really good book it's my kind of ridiculous and uh, i would also tag on that dendia which is hamish Steele's other book is also a pretty good call of kind of yeah. ridiculous comedy with some horror elements it's dead endia focuses on a group of people working at the haunted house in a fairground like a is it like a dollywood parody i think that they work in yeah um and they work in this haunted house attraction that is actually haunted and has a gateway in it to hell basically yeah um but both dead endia and pantheon are really solid comedy light-hearted ridiculous yes Hamish Steele is very good at telling the tales that he does in those. Um, yeah. But also with Pantheon, it's like he knows what he's writing about as well. Like, he's he's, yeah, he's researched it and he's distilled it into a format that we can all enjoy. Yes. And I, I think pretty much everyone's going to enjoy Pantheon. I don't think I've yeah. met anyone who hasn't liked it yet. No. No, it's very popular, and so it should be. Yes, yes, indeed. And with that being said, I'm going to pass it back to Angela. for. Right, so I'm going to go with a book that's not as popular as it damn well should be. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is, because there was going to be a David Post book on this list. There was just going to be. and Spencer Statistically, Lott, yeah. It was very likely. Um, but Spencer and Locke is just a wee bit dark and you don't really want to be reading about, you know, the breaking of one man's mind while you're on holiday. Um, unless you're a Bond villain, I don't know. So my pick for that one then is going to the chapel, which is okay, which is very different to his other ones um, because it you know, it's quite light, and the way that he describes it is like he wrote it for people who wouldn't normally read comics. It's a comic mm. book for people that may not read comics, and I think it really works. It's basically a rom-com, but with guns and hostages. <laughs> to give it well, its... Well sold. Good job. Yeah. That's that's what it is. It's a rom-com with guns and hostages. And, yeah, basically, this woman's ex is... I'm going to give a bit of the plot away. The woman's... I'm not going to give away what happens in the end, but this woman's ex is basically a bank robber. You know, he has a gang. They rob things. Um, and he comes... And she's having a rich society wedding, so he's deciding to rob the wedding and maybe get back together with her. And shenanigans ensue. I like shenanigans as a word, um, but it's actually really nice. There's an excellent grandmother character in, which everyone needs a cool grandma at a wedding. Um, and it's just really good. It's There's a lot, maybe it's because, you know, let's go for the old cliche of women do like a nice story about a wedding. But this wedding has guns in it. And it has, you know, there is a lot of emotional stuff as well. Like, there is a proper love triangle stuff going on. And it's like, it's the kind of book that if I was into chiclet, yeah, I would probably read this comic and have a 
fairly decent time. I don't read Chicklet, so I don't know whether people who read Chicklet would gravitate towards this comic. This is my version of Chicklet, and I'm fine with that. Um, but it's got a very you said Chicklet more in the last like minute than I think anyone has ever said Chicklet. Um, but I, I will say I will also give a shout out because although it, so the writing's really good. Um, it all cycles back to some flashbacks. It's really well plotted, but I would expect nothing less because uh, <laughs> I do like David Post's writing, as anyone will be aware by now. Um, the art is by Gavin Gaidry, Gudry. Uh, but what I like is as well is because this is a book with a central female character in, we have a female colorist, Elizabeth Kramer, and we have a female letterist, which is so rare, um, which is Ariana Mayer. Um, so, yeah, it's by Action Lab Danger Zone. And, yeah, I just really enjoy it. It's, a, it's only four issues long. Um, so it's quite sure it's only a hundred and basically a hundred and a bit pages. Um, but you will have a nice time with it. There is, you know, there is love, there is laughter. Uh, there's a wisecracking grandmother um, and there's a SWAT team outside the chapel. So there you go. Good times all around. Yeah. Um, I, I had this suspicion there was going to be some David Post. Um, I was really curious how you were going to sell Spencer and Locke as like a holiday read, but um. I, I'm, gl- I'm glad you went in a different direction with this one. Um, it is really good. I, I agree. I think, yeah, good call. Good, good call. Thank Not you. a lot I can really add to this one. Other than <laughs> good job. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, and speak, speaking, speaking of, guns, of good job, speaking of guns, go on. <laughs> uh, my next pick, <laughs> my next pick is Kyle Starks and Erica Henderson and his assassination. Oh, yay. Um, I haven't actually written down how I'm going to try and sell this one. So assassination <laughs> basically tells the story of the former world's greatest assassin, Hiring, is it the top? Is it the twenty world's greatest assassins? Right. So the former world's greatest assassin is now like a mob boss, and he hires the top twenty assassins in the world to be his bodyguards because he's going to be okay. No, because someone is attempting to assassinate him, so he decides the best defense is. a good offense i don't know (laughs) the best defense is more guns so it's it's just insane it's um it's just one volume i think it's six issues five issues six issues so it's pretty short and it is all things kyle starks kind of condensed into one insane location um character names are perfection from start to finish and we mainly end up focusing on max bishop who is also a former world's greatest assassin (laughs) um and then the the others we we get a lot of time with are smoke dave fuck tarkington and chad fingerman and just 
so good. There's like Dave and Fuck have got a like entire like buddy comedy yeah. going on, like in between all the shooting. There's so many like action movie cliches and it's it's like reading the funniest action film, I think is the best way to yeah. sum this one up. And Eric Henderson's art throughout is okay, there's a lot of blood, but it's fun. It's fun blood. It's it's not it's not gory, it's comedy blood. That's right, yeah. This is like Tarantino movie levels of blood. It's gone beyond the gore and is now just hysterical. It's yeah. it's a really good read, and I feel like any Kyle Starks book could have made this list. Um, I, I debated with myself about Sex Castle or Rock Candy Mountain, but ultimately mm. settled that um, Assassination was my favourite, so it's the right one. It is. It is the right one. It is. It is. I like to think of it as peak Kyle Starks. That's, that's how I like to think of it. I, it, I think that's fair. It. It like is it. It is absolutely hilarious, and just just the character names alone are just a stroke of genius. Yes. Um And Erica Henderson's art really works well with the whole thing because the tone is just so funny. But yeah, no, I like that choice. That's a good choice. Thank you. Occasionally I have them. Um, but yeah, I assassination. It's good. Mm. It's it's over the top. It might be. It's the most violent pick on here. <laughs> I think I've I got. It might I be the most violent pick any of us have got. I know. I might be able to best you with the next one, but maybe not. We'll, we'll see how you define violence in a minute. <laughs> I yeah I I think okay, if you're okay with you know a lot of a lot of shooting and a high body count but yeah. comedy assassination yeah yeah just don't get attached to most of the characters yes there is that um so go for it off you go right so going continuing the violence theme but this is more of a mythology this is a weird one. I know people are going to go, why did you pick this? Um, so going with violence and mythology, let's go with Cryptocracy, which is by okay. Dark Horse, which is written by Van Jensen, who has written other stuff. But I feel this this didn't get a fair shake. So it is one volume, but it kind of ends on a cliffhanger, and I will be forever bitter, Dark Horse. I've, I've never forgiven them for not doing or not allowing a follow-up to this. Um Basically, imagine, if you will, the Illuminati. <laughs> but, so you've got the nine families who, you know, coexist quite happily. Um, and then, as it turns out, ancient gods come along and want to destroy them and the planet. And um, it's up to one man whose name is Graham, so good luck, everybody, um, to solve them. It doesn't have a particularly light tone, I will grant you. Um, it does have a talking bear called Jason in it, though, um, and Jason is my favourite character and needed a spin-off quite desperately and turns out to have a really tragic backstory, which will make you cry if you are any kind of a person. Um 
but yeah, so it is one volume, but it is this story of the nine families. There is world building, there is mythology, but I ne- it's not too dense. It's not dense enough that you will go, oh, that's really difficult, and you know, I don't understand this. It's even though it's dealing with gods and monsters, and monsters mm. do appear in the end, and many people do die. <laughs> Um, so it is naturally it is quite dark um but at the same time it isn't it's not something that's so dense that you won't be able to get into it and be able to just you know i mean i read it in singles uh but yeah if you read it in trade it's quite a quick read because you just get very involved in it but then you're done and you can move on until you realize that there should have been a goddamn follow-up um i i haven't read cryptocracy and i've looked at it a great many times i feel like i should it seems it seems like a zach kind of book it is it's very if you want to see crazy old people trying to bring back chronos from the dead this is the book for you fair play i'll give you that and i i have no doubt at some point i will read it um yeah, it's 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 not per se. It's it's a weird one because I've most of the rest are light and fluffy and comedy my picks. But I thought I'd throw this one out there because it is one of my favourite books, and I did actually take it on holiday once, so I feel like I owe it to it. Wow, it was okay. it was a holiday yeah, read for me. <laughs> yeah, that that is completely fair. I I think I will check it out. I might buy it for this trip. If you're hearing this in the future, and you are, maybe I bought this. Maybe I've read this now. <laughs> Who knows? Um, you in the future may may be privy to that information. Who knows? Um, no, that that yeah, it seems like a good call. Um, it's just made me immediately think that no one left to fight that I mentioned earlier also ends where it's like, hey, there'll be a second one, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, which seems to be kind of a dark horse thing at the moment to like yeah this is why i don't get involved with dark horse books because they will forever disappoint me by not following them up correctly i hate to agree with you but yeah they do have a tendency to bail on things that i'm quite into yeah which either suggests that we're wrong and nobody else likes these things or the Dark Horse are wrong. And it's, it's clearly Dark Horse who are wrong on this particular... We're not wrong. Yeah, we're not wrong. We, yeah, we know un- what's up, so... Yeah, unless, unless it's Hellboy, um, there is always the possibility they will cancel something you love. True. I, I still am consistently surprised how much Black Hammer we have been allowed to have. Because I, yeah, we both <laughs> like it, so inevitably we thought it was doomed. <laughs> yeah, naturally, not as bad as like if we like a Marvel book, it's already been cancelled. But yeah, yeah, pretty much by the time the first um, issue comes. In. Yeah, but yeah, I mm, surprising. So from <laughs> resurrecting gods to uh, yeah having your own god. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My next pick is God Shaper from Boom. Oh, good choice. Well, thank you. So this is by Simon Sai Spurrier. I'm not sure what, what he's whatever his going name by at the moment. Is. Um, and drawn by Jonas Goonface. Really? Is, is that really the last name for a human? 
goons. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Um, so, in a nutshell, Godshaper is set in a world where everybody has their own personal god, essentially. Um, they can take many forms. Some of them are small and adorable. Some of them are larger and terrifying. Yep. And um, follows the story of a character called N.A. and his god, Bud. But Swerve, he <laughs> doesn't... N.A. doesn't actually have his own god. N.A. is a kind of social pariah who travels from town to town um, doing odd jobs as a god shaper, which basically means he can, like, manipulate your god, change your what your god looks like, or give your god different abilities. And his god, Bud, that hangs out with him, is basically a god that doesn't have a person. So he's yeah. kind of in a similar position to N.A. Um, and they kind of drift around playing music and helping people while everybody kind of shuns them. So it's kind of it's kind yeah. of sad, but there's a kind of constant comedy throughout as well, I think. And, and while it touches on some quite deep themes, I think the comedy is never too far away to make it feel like a heavy no. read. Um so yeah, that's that's my pitch for God Shaper. It's... That's that's a good choice. I hadn't considered God Shaper, and yet it makes perfect logical sense. Because it Why, is. thank you. I... Yeah, it's got comedy. It's got friendship. It's got tension, but also comedy and friendship. And also a little god called Bud that wears hats. Bud is adorable. Um, the bit that sticks with me is that there is one scene where Na's bike gets stolen. And he's like, turns to Bud and he's like, I stole the bike. And Bud's like, yeah. And then he's like, oh, no, it had all your hats on it. And Bud's like, no, the hat. <laughs> the immediate, yeah. like, panic of all your hats are gone. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's fun. And, yeah, I, I think God Shapers are good yeah. Light-hearted, but quite deep read. That's a yeah. hard combination to do. Yeah, I it's yeah, it's probably it's yeah, it's both light and deep. Yeah, mm. that's a good way of describing it. It's not something that you're gonna have an existential crisis about, but it'll make you think just a little bit. If you need something to make you think a bit more while you're relaxing, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a good show and. It's just the one volume and done as well, which yeah, yeah, good, good, good things. So yeah, go read, do as you're told. Yeah, <laughs> go read all these books. Take them all away with you. <laughs> Pack a different suitcase. I don't. Care. <laughs> to be fair, I think everything except Pantheon is available on Comicsology. So yeah, people could do this in a digital yeah. format quite comfortably. Yeah. Just put it on a tablet. Maybe not financially comfortable. I know, no. There's always a sale on. They'll be part of a sale. Maybe, maybe not. 
I don't know. They don't seem to fit into most of the sale patterns, to be fair. No, I'm not sure what category this would be, unless they hear that we're doing this podcast and think, that's a great idea, we should do that yeah. for sale. We'll, we'll have a holiday reads collection based on Bigger Than Capes' recommendations. Incidentally, if Comixology do want to sponsor us, we're, we're right here. and Yeah, we're open to it. We like some of your original published stuff as well. Hell, we'll even do an episode on them. Yeah, <laughs> I may. Force Incidentally, let's let's like uh, let's table that and come back to it. I think. Yeah, I think we could do that episode. Yeah, there is. There's certainly a book <laughs> that I've reviewed recently that we could easily do an episode on. Um, yes. Yeah, moving. Yes. Yeah, but if if you are listening, Comicsology bears in mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, you've got to have faith. And speaking of faith, <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> um, that would be my other. Yeah, I realise I've got two valiant books, um, but what can I do? Um, so my other pick is Faith, um, the Hollywood and Vine Volume One, Hollywood and Vine, um, which was the relaunch of Faith. Um, uh, by Jody Hauser and Francis Portella did the art, um, and I'm going to shout out because the letterer is Dave Sharp, who is one of my favourite letterers. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Faith, um, you've been missing out quite a lot. So, Faith was part of Harbinger. Um, we won't get into too much of that, but um, she's been given her own little spin-off when she moves to Hollywood um and you know she's day job and also superheroing so it's that classic setup you've got the day job where you wear glasses and a wig so no one recognizes you and then you go out and you also save people as a superhero um which is good um faith is a really really likable protagonist um she's got such a lovely optimism about her she believes the best in people um and she's also very relatable because she's a little bit of a geek as well let's be honest but yeah this is sort of the introduction to her run there are several volumes of it you can read hollywood and vine without too much trouble you don't need to know she will explain things you don't need to know her entire background but it's it's a good starting point to get into faith and Mm. yeah it has it does have sort of like an ending it's not a it's not it doesn't end on a cliffhanger per se there there are open plot threads but yeah you can just enjoy seeing faith flying about the hollywood sky and doing her thing yeah i think that's a really good call um I think the intention when the series started was it was it was just going to be four issues mm. and then done. Um, yeah. So I think it is very standalone. Um, there are three trades that come afterwards that do tie yeah. in, but I think you can easily leave it at the one, um, yeah. especially if you've got them, it's how many books you can carry. <laughs> yeah, true. And I, I read this before I'd read any of Harbinger, so I think it is a pretty easy jumping on point for... The character, I think it probably helps that Jodie Hauser um, took over for Faith, so she wasn't writing Harbinger. So I think that yeah. assists well in that sense. Um, 
but yeah, Francis Bottel's art is a little bit weird at times, but I, I do like his yeah. art style. Um, do we also, have we got some Marguerite Savage pages in this? About the weird her. dream sequence? Yes, she does the fantasy dream sequence bits, yeah. Um, and they're really cool. Her art's really nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Faith is a really good call. Um, it's one of those series that I'm consistently disappointed that Valiant aren't doing anything with. Um, yeah. Because I think so many people would have just read all of this forever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I but that's not today's complaint. So. No. <laughs> um, but, yes, I, I think Faith is a really good call, and I think a lot of people would like this. I, I think it's a really accessible superhero book as well, yeah. so it doesn't particularly feel weighed down by the Valiant universe. No. It feels a bit like going to the chapel feels like a comic book for people who don't read comic books in terms of its thing. This feels like a superhero book for people that may not have read a superhero book before. It's very newbie-friendly. In fact, I think a lot of our picks have been. Okay, maybe mm. maybe cryptocracy sounds a little heavy. But. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I think you have to have read some comics before reading that and be aware of certain tropes. But yeah, the rest, I think you can go into it without having any prior experience. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's fair. Look at us managing to pick things that are quite standalone. I know. Fred was. I'm glad that much <laughs> this. Um. But yeah, Faith is a really good show, I think. Yeah. Faith. Yeah. So my, my next one is standalone, but it's 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 a weird it's a weird kind of standalone. Yeah, well. So I, I wanna say I'm going back to about 2015, 2016 with this. When once upon a time Archie Comics decided to relaunch everything that they did to appeal to a younger, cooler generation with more modern artwork. And Archie got taken over by Mark Wade and Fiona Staples. But who cares? Because Jughead got taken over by Chip Zdarsky and Erica Henderson and then Ryan North and Derek Charm. Yeah. It is better. So... (laughs) I would. Jughead's I agree the way I'm going to go. Good call. Um, I was going to be disappointed if you'd gone the other way. I, you know, I know what we're all about. Let's be honest. So Jughead is happening simultaneously alongside the storyline in the main Archie comic, but it's like Jughead has no idea. It's <laughs> yeah. It's completely happening. Like he has the first trade is where I'm going to focus kind of follows Jughead as he is at odds with the new principal of the school as they are changing the menu in the cafeteria so he can't get burgers. And that is somehow the plot of, like, a full trade. And Archie's book never acknowledges that this is happening. It's (laughs) incredibly unclear what's real and what's, like, a Jughead fever dream. Um, Each each single takes on a different like weird fantasy aesthetic we have like a game of thrones issue and have i gone mad or do we have a time cop issue i'm pretty sure we do um, i think we do 
I can't remember what the others are, but yeah, each one takes on a really weird aesthetic and gets cartoonish and ridiculous. It's very Chip Zdarsky in that sense. And has amazing, amazingly dumb things. Like there's one scene where I think it's Betty tells him that he can go to the home ec classroom and make his own food. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can make hamburgers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just... I don't know. It's, it's really dumb, and it's utterly ludicrous, but it's a really fun read. And uh, Volume 2, I think, introduces Sabrina? Yes, I think it... Yeah. 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 So th- there's a lot to go out here, and it's pretty ludicrous. It's kind of off the rails in the fact that it yeah. doesn't doesn't care about reality and doesn't care about no. the Archie comics. So, yeah, yeah Jughead. And you also and get it, the classic Jughead as well. In the back, you always get a bit, you get some of the classic yes, Jughead. Is that in the trade as well? That's I don't know if it's in the trade because I read it in singles. <laughs> yeah. Um, that may or may not be in the trade. I can't remember. I've read some of it in singles and some of it in trade, which doesn't help. but it's well worth checking out to be fair the archie reboot is worth checking out as well um i think it does it does suffer a little bit from the fact that i know people who got into riverdale which was way darker than like archie and jughead and all the reboot series and i thought we were gonna get because the reboot happened so close to the riverdale yeah series i thought we were going to get something a little bit closer in tone and instead we kind of got the comics feel closer to classic archie yes riverdale feels closer to like i don't know all the other teen dramas i was gonna say it reminds me of that dawson's creek there we go yes good shout yeah um I was I couldn't remember. All I could think of was the OC, and I'm like, it's not the OC that I want to reference. <laughs> no, no, Dawson's great. Um, but yeah, I I would recommend Jughead and Archie. Um, to be fair, there's a lot of Archie books from that time period that I think are kind of fun and ridiculous. There's um, uh, also a Betty and Veronica series, yeah, and was it yeah. Reggie and me? That's like from the point yeah. of view of Reggie's dog, and <laughs> some good stuff. But uh, Jughead would be my starting point for yeah. If you go if you go in a way and you want something ridiculous and funny, yeah, I would agree with that. And I do think uh, I think Jughead was the best of that whole Archie reboot stuff. It was all good. But I have a real soft spot for Jughead and his desire for hamburgers. And just, that's basically the entire plot. (laughs) Yeah, at least for that first trade, it is heavily, like, hamburger-based. And fair play, I I respect that in a man. Um, I was going to originally recommend some of the horror books and was like, no, (laughs) let's not go for, like, zombie apocalypse in Riverdale. That doesn't seem very holiday-friendly. No. Go on holiday, get eaten by a zombie. Um, I think they're just too straight horror for it to be, like, a fun holiday read. Yeah. Yeah, I can, yeah. They're, they're good, <laughs> but, yeah, you want to stick with original. Original reboot? Is that a word? 
original reboot. Yeah, which are, as you say, closer to the the nineties. But yeah, they're very. They're, what I like about Jughead is it's very aware of what it is, which is just like this is the most ridiculous thing you'll read. And we're yeah. fine with that. And I think it is the absolutely right creative team with Chip Zdarsky and Eric Henderson and then uh, Ryan North and Derek Charm later on because yeah. it's just good choices for comedy and kind of cartoonish. Yeah. And on yeah. that note, on I'll that pass it back to you for whatever's next. Well, my, my, my last pick is basically is very very niche which is um it is available i think only on comicsology um and it's a series by kerry callum and it's halo and sprocket which you know i need i feel like i need to tell you more about this so halo is an angel who's been sent to teach sprocket who is a robot about humanity and they live in the apartment um of a young woman called katie um and they are although there are five issues each issue has a load of sort of short stories in it um and they have little life lessons but in a very humorous way like katie trying to explain a glass being half full or half empty and yeah the angel and the robot just don't get this analogy at all like you know you're an optimist it's half full but it's also half empty well that's a pessimist point of it yeah but it can be both full and empty at the same time so it's dealing with these really weird sort of strong concepts um but it in a very very funny way at one point uh halo and sprocket sort of break into a museum because museums are for the people so there's not a problem with them doing that um and then there's a whole yeah and then halo's like they've left the ears off the dinosaurs and it's just it's just absolutely ridiculous but it has got some really nice little life lessons. like i said they are they are really really easy reads because each story is only you know sort of half a dozen ten pages long mm. um um so they're quite e- very easy to read um, there's only five issues. Um, they were originally done, I think, in 2002, 2003, but they were, the colorized versions were released in 2015. Um, and they're just, yeah, they're just really nice little chunks of life and vastly amuse me um, as, as poor Katie tries to explain these things and, she, and Halo and Sprocket just don't get it. And Halo's meant to be teaching Sprocket about humanity and as an angel fails miserably. So it's all good. It's all good stuff. It's that quite... does sound like good stuff. I'll give you that. That's... Yeah. It's something that I don't know why, but I've come. it's on my wish list on Comixology and I do not know at what point this has interacted with my life. But, but again, maybe this is something I'll pick up before they, the... <laughs> going away um there's something about the combination of angel and robot that is so weird yeah it it was really bizarre i mean i picked it up because i thought oh robot and as everyone knows you put a robot in your comic i'm gonna read it um but then i was like oh angel how's this gonna work and the answer is very funny 
But I mean, that's that's all our criteria has really been today, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that that does sound good, and that does sound very much like the kind of thing I'm going to end up reading. So I'm going to do that. Yay! I, I, I like robots. Robots are good. Robots the are world needs more robots. It does, but not ones that are going to, you know, turn against us and kill us all. Yeah. Not like leveled. Not those guys, but like the good guy. No, good guy robots. Good guy robots, yeah. Like they had an iRobot before it all went to pot. The film with Will Smith, not the Isaac Asimov story, which is entirely different. The name. The name is the same. The name is the same, yeah. Um, Yeah, I'd not thought about that, but that is true. Um, I do like the film. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous and over the top. But it's got robots in it, so I'm predisposed to like it, you see. I feel like there's something about Will Smith films that are adaptations of like classic books that kind of have to abandon like fifty percent of the premise. Like um I Am Legend yep. gives up on so much of the book. Yep. It's like I was gonna say some some of it matches up, don't get me wrong. Some of it does some, not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to um, think. Men in Black is nothing like the comic book. Only you would know. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Is this the second time we've talked about this in like? Yeah, we seem to segue back into this. Yeah, yeah, we do this. At some point, we're going to have to do a Men in Black. Episode. We're going to have to do that. Yeah, mark that on your calendars, everybody. We will <laughs> possibly attempt that at some point, and I will attempt to read it first. Properly. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm interested in Halo Sprocket and yeah, I do recommend. I will inevitably check it out. Um, my penultimate pick. How have I counted these? I'm going to make this my last pick because the 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 one that comes after it isn't really a pick. It's just a kind of hey, here's a thing. So um, honorable mention. Yes. So. Right. Whilst I have just said that Archie horror is too like straight on the level horror. Yeah. Um my final pick is a horror book. <laughs> but it's like ridiculous like B movie horror, so it's all okay. smooth sailing, I can say what I want. So it's from Vault, it's Elliot Rahal and there's two different artists. There's two volumes. First volume is uh, Felipe Cunha, and the second volume is John Bivens. Hey. I think. Um, first volume... Oh, so the series is mm. Cult Classics. The so first uh. volume is Return to Whisper, and the second volume is Creature Feature. Um. They're both very, like, B-movie, ridiculous horror. Um, Return to Whisper follows a a group of kids in a kind of It-esque storyline. So we check in with... We see them when they're, like, early teens or pre-teens. I don't know. They're, like, younger than me. Um, And then we see them again... I think when they're in their 30s, when, you know, the curse they have awakened as teenagers has come back to haunt them. Um, 
buried treasure is involved myths about you know what happened in the town of whisper in the days of old are involved it's it's real ridiculous and it's it's a fun ridiculous horror thing creature feature is more ridiculous it involves uh monsters from outer space kind of an alien invasion of these little like newt type things i guess uh that infects people and then your skeleton jumps out of your body oh it's uh and about a group of kids trying to avoid this and escape and figure out how to resolve it god it's dumb but it speaks to my horror sensibilities of being really really dumb so them's my picks um it's it's good stuff it's yeah it's fun it's both volumes are pretty standalone they both take place in the same town which sounds like a dreadful place to live based on the um takes place in the same town so you can read them back to back as a kind of overarching man whisper sucks but as (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as individual stories i think you'll have a good time and if you want something that's wacky but horror definitely these and i don't know i was good maybe you'll stay up all night thinking that your skeleton's gonna jump out of your body i don't know that's that's on you but <laughs> we all have our own problems with our skeletons and if that's yours yeah, if you've got if you've got if that's your specific skeletal fear, then yeah, sorry, but if not, you'll have a good time like I did. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this anymore. No, no, but, I've not cool. I've not read it, but I feel like I should now. I I think you would like them. Um, they are just real ludicrous, and that's what I'm all about. Ah, uh, it's very much what i'm all about yeah um and a lot of these picks reflect that yeah i think we've reflected that we're about the dumb comedy Mm. and yeah the ridiculousness yeah um again everything is on comicsology to be fair a lot of elliot rahal's books are pretty standalone one volume affairs Uh, which has been a case here with a lot of the people, with a lot of the creators we've talked about. It's almost like that's a thing. Yeah, it's like th- this is what they aim for. Yeah. Um. So you know, if, if you've already read Jughead or cult classics or going to the chapel, I'd definitely recommend picking up books from them. Their writers, I think. Yeah. I think there's room for exploration if you've already read what we're recommending here. Yeah. Um, so sh- should we wrap up with our final bits of honourable mentions? Yeah, go on then. So my last honourable mention is The Pride. Um, okay. Because, again, it, because it's so positive. And, you know, it's a bit of diversity in your comics. For those of you unfamiliar with The Pride, um, it's basically a superhero team made up entirely of queer superheroes so you know you've got gay transgender you've got all that reflected in your pride um 
and they go about doing superhero things. So it's a classic superhero team up. Um, but it's you can get it in physical form or digital form. It's available in all the forms. And again, it's just some of it is there are sort of spin offs that are a bit more not standalone, but season two is a bit more. You know what I mean? It's more of a issue by issue kind of a thing. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, is there a, there is an overarching story, right? There is an yeah. overarching story. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the Pride Adventures, which are pretty standalone, yeah, almost they're... anthology type thing. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Um, but no, it's a very positive book, and it is worth supporting some diversity in your comics. Yes, and it is all available in one book now from Dark Horse, right? The Pride. It is, yeah, yep. One giant, giant paperback available yeah. now wherever Paper Dark backs. Horse books are sold. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that is a good show. I, I do like the Pride a lot. We do talk about it a lot. To be fair, I think. yeah. That's why I did. That's why it was an honourable mention because I thought we've we've talked about the pride. We like the pride. We would encourage you to read the pride. Yeah, <laughs> to share. Um, so honourable mentions. I've got a couple to go. My bad. One is um, especially as a publisher, a Wave Blue World. Um, me and Will uh, ran through. Yeah. Um, maybe someday earlier this year, which is a kind of yep. sci-fi, optimistic sci-fi anthology. Uh, there was a prequel to that, which is another optimistic sci-fi anthology, which is all we ever wanted. Um, and I seem to have fallen into this trend of reading sci-fi anthologies whenever I go on holiday. So those two yeah, seemed like good picks because I've read them both this year. But um, I, w- I went through a phase of picking up Vertigo anthologies that had been released as like deluxe single issues. So Time Warp, which is I guess quite a lot of time travel stories with quite a lot of good writers taking it in different directions. And then Strange Adventures, which is more more spacey. So Time Warp was more time travelly and Strange Adventures was more general space, space. sci-fi-ness. Um, both of which I read last time I went on holiday somewhere. So yeah, I've, I've fallen into this okay. whole, like, sci-fi anthology, anthology. thing recently. Um, I would also throw out, and these were picks that we've mentioned before that I thought were probably good shouts, uh, Homesick Pilots. Yep. Uh, might be a little bit violent and a little bit yeah. horror. But it's a bit of death. It's, it's a good one-volume read at the moment, and I think yeah. you'll come back wanting more. Um. I would explain it, but there's a full podcast where we do that. So. Yeah. All you need to know is it's a really good book, and if you've not read it, read it. Also, Haunted House, Max. Yeah. Um, I also had, for a more superhero-y pick, Astro City, which we... Oh, yeah. I, I suddenly realised I don't think we talked about on Bigger Than Capes. I think it was a different podcast. But... It was. It was in the. It was in the previous podcast live. Yes, um, but almost takes on an anthology type form where we jump between characters. But it's all pretty light and optimistic, and 
it's a yeah. nice superior read uh, it yes. also doesn't fit within the bounds of being short because it's like <laughs> 20, 20 volumes of Astra say but uh, hey one. if you want to buy yeah just choose what you want grab some read um so yeah that was my other one I also had um <laughs> the the realization when we were doing this the last few holidays I've been on I have ended up reading like random Jeff Lemire books that I had bought and not read. So <laughs> I went away a couple of years ago and read Roughneck. That's not a holiday That's read. That's not a holiday read. I mean, <laughs> it's a good read, but it will rip your heart out, stomp all over it, and then hold you hostage until you break down in tears. That's the one. Um, <laughs> there have been others, but yeah, Roughneck is the one that specifically sticks with me because I was walking around everywhere carrying this big um, <laughs> graphic novel roughneck. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty big for um, Lemire. But yeah, I, I think our overall list is a lot more light-hearted than Roughneck. Yeah, yeah definitely. Good job. I think we've really nailed it. Yeah, um, and the tone. Yeah, I think we have. And I think we've managed to come up with some relatively recent picks as well i was worried we were going to end up going for like wildly unavailable books but we've done we've done pretty good yeah um we have a tendency to go into stuff that's like you can't get it but this is good yeah (laughs) 20 years ago you could have easily purchased this but now alas um there was a point when I was putting this to my list together that I was like, I could also do a definitely don't read this on holiday list, but I decided that was too. <laughs> Roughneck, that is nice on that list. Great read, not to take away with you. Yeah. Um, so I think that's more or less us for this yeah. week. I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add or. No, I was trying to roughly think of anything um, that hadn't already been mentioned that was quite funny i mean i don't know going back to valiant because valiant um i don't know when the south is the savage trade out or will it be out um that's that's a light-hearted read um i wasn't yeah too struck on the ending i'll say that but you know if you want to be laughing out loud and people think you're a maniac that's that's worth a shout so it's been my dream um, it's not out yet, I don't think, but I think it probably is out soon. So yeah, yeah. good, only good call. A few issues of that. So um, yeah, I started looking into books that aren't out yet, and was like, I wonder when that's out. And not not in the summertime, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, <laughs> for almost everything I looked at, um, seems to come across a lot of like October releases. It's like that's yeah. not helpful. No. Um, we'll have to do another one, books to read over winter while you're hibernating. <laughs> They'll all be out by then. We'll do that. We'll, we'll check in again in, like, mid-October. <laughs> when these books are out. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this has been a pretty good yeah. selection. I hope this helps people who are yeah. stuck for what to read while, if they're going away or yeah. if they're staying at home. I don't know. You want to comics joy into your life over summer yeah. so yeah, I think we've done that so um, yeah. we've been Angela and Zach this yeah. has been Bigger Than Capes and remember that comics are 
Bigger than Cake. Bigger than Cake.